a woman of God who is rocking the world with her testimony and just as a woman who doesn't fear uh, saying it like it is and, and speaking the truth in Jesus' name. So I'm excited tonight to introduce to you Paige Richardson. So I'm talking about the art of servanthood um, and a little bit about Jesus' example of that in the Bible, um, the culture of that in our lives and in our church. Um, so I'm going to talk through John 13, 1, which we've probably all heard. It's like the greatest example of Jesus' leadership, and it's him washing his disciples' feet. Um, so a little bit of backstory. They're in the upper room. They've met there. Jesus is about to be crucified. Um, it's like his last hour, and he acknowledges that. Um, and the disciples are arguing amongst themselves about, like, who is the best? Who's the greatest? Um, and so I'm going to dive right in. Um, John 13, 1, and I'm going to include the whole thing because... I know some of it seems irrelevant, but I promise you that it is because um, it's in the word. Um, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from his meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began washing the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said that not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You called me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Um, I think this is really important because it, like if you even just look up servant or servanthood or servanthood in the Bible, this is what's going to come up. And I think if you dig a little deeper, now these are the red letters, and the red letters in the Bible are the ones we really dive into because that's what Jesus said. Um, and this is actually, Jesus is calling this his example. He's saying, this is the example that I have set for you. C.S. Lewis said, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become the sons of God. He's truly empowering us in this to go forth and be servants. Um, and it's more than just washing feet. But the example that Jesus sets here, he specifically gave his, his disciples instructions in Mark 9.35. He says, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and a servant to all. The disciples had already been arguing about who was best, who was first, who'd be last. And he's saying, it doesn't matter because the last will become first. Like if you are a servant, you are first. Or if you are a servant, you will be blessed, and that's exactly what he says in that John scripture. Um, but I think what I really want to touch on here is Jesus is the ultimate example of servant leadership. 
you can be a servant and you can be a leader, but to be a servant leader is just something that's so um, profound and so amazing, and that's exactly the type of leader that Jesus was. Um, there's actually business models out there that have nothing to do with church that focus on servant leadership, and they will direct you to the Bible because of all that Jesus did in his three-year ministry on this earth. It was because he was a servant leader. Um, so in John 13, it says, and if we look through, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In that moment, Jesus knew the power that he had. He knew the glory that he had. He knew what was happening. He knew that God had put everything under his feet, that that was his kingdom. And in that moment, knowing what was to come, and they say Jesus knew that he was about to be hung on the cross, and he took his clothes off because he knew what was coming, and he knew what was to be done to his body. And with that knowledge and knowing that, Jesus got down on his hands and knees, and he served, and he washed his disciples' feet. Um, he gave up his glory in that moment to become a servant. In Isaiah 52, 13, it says, it prophesies that Jesus will come as a suffering servant. And I think we often like lean into these other more comfortable aspects of Jesus and they're all crucial, but we lean into his comfort and we lean into his peace and we lean into his leadership and his glory and his power. And Jesus was a suffering servant. He suffered, he suffered on the cross and he suffered in his life and he suffered through serving other people. And if we can identify with that and understand that it's not always comfortable and it's not meant to be comfortable, then we're really diving into what it means to be a servant leader. And when I say the word servant leader, I think one thing that stands out to me is leaders boast their title. Leaders call themselves leaders and they write books about leadership, which is great and we learn from them, but leaders boast their title and servant leaders show you their work. Servant leaders show you their service. They show you why they're leaders and they don't put the title leader on them at all. Some of the like most awesome people I've met, I don't know why they're so awesome and I look at their life and I'm like, you're constantly doing something without being asked. You're constantly serving others. You're not just like looking for something to do and that's it. You're asking to do something, but you're constantly serving me and just serving me in a way that's I can't even speak. You're praying over me. You're putting yourself last and putting me first. And that's uncomfortable for us as people. Um, we have a hard time accept, accepting service. Um, and that's why servant leaders are just, it's something that's almost so, if we can strive to be that every day, it's just something that will really just, you'll see the change in the world. You'll see the change in your church and in our families. To truly follow Jesus is to say, here, God, I've like laid it all down for you. I've laid it all down at your feet, but to truly serve, serve for God is to say, I've laid it all down, but my hands are empty now. Like, what can I pick up? What can I carry? What can I carry for you? And it is a choice. Jesus, who is God, chose to live as a servant. And I think that's evident in that scripture where he chooses to wash the feet. He knows what's coming, and I said he knows the power. He knows what he has, and he's choosing to wash the feet of his disciples. And it's a constant choice to put ourselves second to the ways of God, and it's never comfortable, and it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Um, and so at Change, I want to just talk a little bit about the culture of servanthood, because I think it's really easy to say, like, there's different things in service that we can do. We can sign up for, like, a Saturday outreach, and we can sign up for a missions trip, and then we think we're good for a while, because, like, that's definitely not comfortable. And we can maybe choose to, like, cook our husband dinner once a week and call it a day. 
and then we're done and that's our service and like maybe we'll do a random act of kindness and we'll like put it on Facebook and we'll share it and we'll share other people's random acts of kindness and that's service and you're a servant in that matter and those things are awesome and in no way should you not go on the mission strip or anything like that but the culture of servanthood and what makes a lot of the awesome people at change like because this is what we believe is that it's an everyday thing like we're not just looking for opportunities we're praying for the opportunities around us to be seen a servant by definition is an, a person who's like devoted to a creed or a cause um it's not always someone who's like crawl i think we have this idea of a servant slave servant master type of situation um but it's someone that's really just dedicated and believes in what they do, and that's why they're doing it. Making servanthood a culture is allowing it to permeate every aspect of our lives. Um, and when servanthood becomes that culture, it opens us up to everything that there is out there. I think I really just think of random acts of kindness. Like when you say servanthood to me, I'm like, well, I held the door for the lady at Wawa, and like, I thought about helping that old lady get her groceries in her car. Like I thought about doing this or even just the little things that I do, but it's really just sitting there and praying like, God, show me. And I think we say, God, give me eyes to see what you see. And I really do pray for that. But give me those opportunities because I know they're in my house and I know there's opportunities for me to serve my husband better and for me to serve my mom better and for me to jump really head first onto our dream team and serve my church better. Because there's things that I probably, I don't say no, but I might turn around and walk away slowly when I know there's things that I'm choosing not to do. God, give me that servant's heart. Like, give me that heart so that I want to say yes and I'm not frustrated by it, but I'm just empowered because I know that I'm truly living out your purpose. Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I think this is where servanthood becomes an art. Um, and it can be a culture and we pray for that. And the art of it though is where Jesus really mastered it. Jesus, like, hung out with those marginalized populations we have today. And I was telling Joey, it's really cool because in the Bible, there's these, um, there's the lepers and the tax collectors and the people, but they're really, you see those same marginalized populations today. Maybe we don't have lepers walking around, but we do have people that we're choosing not to hang out with. And I think that what's so cool about the culture of servanthood at change is we serve the homeless just as passionately as we serve the CEOs. We know that there's some people that really might not have much to offer at the time, but those are the people that Jesus went out to serve. He went out of his way above and beyond. And the reason that Jesus was able to heal the lepers was because he was with the lepers. He was choosing to hang out there. He put himself in those situations, and he was able to heal them. And I think we say all the time, like, God, why don't we see these miracles? But, like, we're not in those situations. Like, we're not choosing to hang out with the homeless people. And, like, I, I'm guilty of that because I think, well, and we think in a way, and I think this goes back to the culture, but acts of service, when they're done selfishly, that's where we all start. Like, that's who we are, human nature. We're doing things because we're like, what can you give me? If I do this for you, what can you give me? But when we can really do that heart exchange that Pastor Elijah talked about a few weeks ago, when we exchange our heart for the heart of God and we get that servant's heart, it's truly 
just a beautiful thing because we're looking for opportunities, but we're saying, like, I want to serve you, and we're not even thinking about what we can get in return. And that's something we can't do without Jesus. We can't do that without praying for it. I don't believe it because I believe at the end of the day I will always go back to my selfish desires. But if we can push forward and pray for that heart exchange, for God to give us his heart, and we can just see people as he sees them, then we will truly serve when we know that there's nothing that we can get back. He washed the feet of his disciples with hours left on earth. Like that just, it really blows my mind. And he's probably a little bit annoyed with his disciples. He walks in, they're arguing about who's greatest. And he's like, I am, and I'm gonna wash your feet. Jesus knew the glory he had. He knew the power and he took, like I just can't imagine knowing. And he knew, and he knew he was going to be crucified in a painful, painful death. And he got down on his hands and knees naked and he washed his feet. He used his clothing to wash his disciples' feet. Um, it really begins in the heart. Like I can't touch on that enough, but it really is something that we need to pray for. But also I want to, I mentioned it a little bit, but just also being able to accept service. Um, the coolest thing about Jesus washing his disciples' feet was that's what they needed at the time. Jesus knows what we need. And if we're willing to accept that service from him. He lays down his life daily. Like Jesus lays down his life daily for us because that's what we need. We need that daily salvation. We knew we need new glories or every morning. Like we need new mercies. We just he knows what he and that's that service. So if we can accept those serve like Jesus's service in our lives, that just opens our heart and just really helps us to serve those in our communities. Um Acts of service are just nothing more than performances when they're not done with that humility and stuff like that. And I think that's something, and I said it, but, like, we see it all the time. So-and-so paid for, like, $670 worth of groceries. The football players are famous for it. The basketball players do it all the time. But when we can really take out that selfish aspect and not, I don't want to be promoted for it. I don't I want to love you because I didn't look at what you could give me and I didn't question what you had to offer. I want to serve you because I love you, because Jesus loves you. Um, and like I said before, I really do think that the difference between leadership and servant leadership is servant leaders show you. They show you what they're doing. They serve you. You don't have to question if they're leaders, but you know that for some reason they're the first people you ask for something because they've showed you what they're doing. Where leaders boast their title and they call themselves a leader, um, but they don't show you. They don't show you with their service. Um, so through this next week, I really, last week, um, we kind of talked about just getting to a desperate spot. And for me, I opened my Bible and I was reading through Isaiah and it was this here I am, send me moment. And I constantly am like delegating work. And I realize that in myself that, and that comes to my service too. Like I'm like, oh, there's a homeless guy over there. Like someone go offer him some coffee. And I get a lot of that comes with what I do for a living. Um, a lot, that's a lot of my job. But I understand that in that moment where I'm praying, oh, I just said, remember the height from which you've fallen, which it talks about in Revelation. But remembering the height from which I've fallen. Here I am, send me. Years ago, I would have sent myself. And so really coming back to that in service and starting with service. Um, and praying for God to give me those opportunities. Um, so I challenge you all this week and myself to just pray for opportunities to serve. There's Dream Team, which is super cool, uh, helping out around here. But really look in your families first. I truly believe, we believe at Change that healthy families help hurting families. Um, start there. Start with where you can serve. Where you can serve your children, where you can serve your parents, where you can serve your spouse, your girlfriend, anybody. And, like, 
I've noticed with my own life starting at a young age, I don't think my mom was ever more proud of me than when I did something without being asked. <laughs> um, and if we can just take that into our lives and start there, then our families learn that and we can bring that further into the world. Um, but at our churches, like there's plenty of opportunities to serve. There's opportunities to serve in the community. Um, and I even say like pick up trash. And I know it sounds silly, but someone once told me if you're the last person to see it, you're the most responsible. So when you're walking down the street and you see like a broken beer bottle or something, you're the last person responsible for that because you were the last one to say there's trash on the ground and I'm not picking it up. And I think that if we can become those people in the community and it's like, why is that person picking up trash? And like, I don't know, maybe we've got like our chain shirt on or something and we're really just promoting the kingdom because like we just ooze this servant leader, this servant leadership. Um, so this week I really do pray and challenge you and myself but for eyes to be open to those opportunities. I pray that you allow Jesus to serve you daily with what he has to offer you. Allow him to meet you where you are. Um, and I pray that we can go forward with this servant leadership attitude, um, but focus on the servant part because when you're a servant, the leadership comes later um, and it comes naturally and you don't have to push it and you don't have to ask for it because when we get down and serve people, it leads the actions lead on their own. God, thank you again just for the ability to come here and be with you this evening. I'm just so thankful for your love, for your patience, for your forgiveness. God, I thank you for meeting us where we are, not where we want to be or think we need to be, but where you know that we need to be. And I just thank you for the ability, again, to praise your name in public because to me that's just something that sends chills down my spine, and I thank you that we're able to do that daily. Thank you, Lord. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.